Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. The Soul of Business with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to the Soul of Business on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Today we welcome on the phone Benoit Beduflo, Regional Director, Promotion Bureau of the Principality of Monaco, to talk about Monaco, playground of the well healed and glamorous, and yet even Monaco has been impacted by COVID 19. We find out what they're doing about it. Benoit, welcome to the show. Thank you, Clarissa. Thank you for having me. It is absolutely a pleasure. Now, Monaco does not need an introduction. It is famous for its status as a playground for glamorous vacationers the world over. Tell us, how has COVID-19 impacted the principality? Well, like everywhere else in Europe and many other places in the world, tourism has grounded to a halt, you know that. So the, the hospitality sector has, for the most part, temporarily closed the doors of its establishments, like everywhere else where strict confinement measures were recommended by governments. But, you know, we're doing as best as we can. It's unfortunate, especially since travellers around the world look forward to their vacations in Monaco. Yes, it's true. We have tried to uh, address uh, this desire that people keep uh, uh, in their heart uh, by reaching out to our audience and our clients by launching uh, a campaign called Miss You. So we want to tell our guests that we miss them. All right. I'm clearly they miss you as well. Tell us everything about this Miss You campaign, which I actually think is is brilliant. It's a catchy title. It basically says everything you need to say. But tell us about the campaign, how it is designed to captivate travelers to keep you in top of reference for them. Okay. Well, first, a bit of a background, if you don't mind. Initially, we were actually propagating a campaign called For You. One can still think or dream about traveling right now, but one cannot travel. So we launched the Miss You campaign a few weeks ago to tell travelers and tourists around the world that Monaco misses them and that we want to keep in touch with them. Thus, the the Miss You slogan is a simple but warm, I believe, declaration of affection following the initial For You campaign. So we use warm words and images to convey this message. We've got snapshots of life and happy moments that people have spent in Monaco. Each tactile image inspires a desire to relive those experiences in Monaco. Interestingly enough, this campaign targets both professionals and private customers like us. We are no longer our work. We are all individuals again. We're part of a greater community, which is our planet. And we are currently all sharing the same plight to some degree. Therefore, the the campaign is promoted all around the world by the Principality of Monaco's 10 representative offices, including mine, and it is being carried on social networks, travel industry, websites, and in in magazines. So we've also relaunched a 360 virtual reality platform where guests can roam right into the very doors of the famous Hotel de Paris that you've seen in many movies, but also of uh, the uh, Oceanographic Museum, or they can also step on the very edge of the Font Vieille Park, which is uh, famous for the, the rose garden that was uh, built by Prince Rainier for Princess Grace after she had passed. So this is a, a nice way to visit Monaco from your armchairs. And simultaneously, we have also rolled out a series of digital inspiration pages on the websites of uh, our different hospitality and tourism entities uh, so people can explore recipes from our Michelin star chefs, and we have many. They can also take up wellness and meditation tips from our resident experts 
à The Legendary Tim Marin Monte Carlo. Or they can also tune into uh, various soundtracks, which uh, are the sounds of Monaco at different times of the year. I know you will like that because you're a musician yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually visited the site and I thought it was lovely because I only spent one weekend in Monaco a long time ago when I was living in Europe as someone in my early 20s. And I couldn't afford anything. So it was, as, as, right. as a struggling student, you know, you just walk around and go, wow, this is really yes. gorgeous. I wonder what it'll be like to enjoy it as a vacation destination when I have some money. <laughs> well, you can go back now. <laughs> Assuming I have some money. Now, speaking of money, to support the economy there, the government has done quite a few things, including supporting companies and employees with as much as 20% of Monaco's yearly budget made mm. available from the sovereign fund. It is a measure, it's an investment in the prospects of recovery in Monaco. Is, is that what that's about? Or why is it such a considerable investment back into the people of Monaco? I think the government has really made a point in uh, showing solidarity Everybody in Monaco um, sees himself or herself as part of a community. And the government definitely wanted to illustrate in the generous manner that everybody was expecting how that community works. Of course, not all countries have the financial means of Monaco or, or of Singapore, for example. But I believe that those who have the means to, uh, to help their population and their uh, businesses should definitely do more than less at the moment because everybody needs it. So obviously, uh, we're very happy that Monaco has been, has been responding this way, not only for us as the, the promotion office, but I guess everybody is very grateful for measures like this, which I believe have few equivalents around the world. It sounds like quite a considerable investment back into the people, back into the economy. Is it because you assume that or you're banking on the prospects of recovery that of Monaco, which, of course, it will recover? Yes, of course, it will recover. It will recover everywhere in the world. Mm. Now, the question is, how long will it take? Like all famous tourist destinations, I think we anticipate the, the domestic market to resume its activity first for, for Monaco. That means mostly the Monaco-based clients, the, the very small domestic market but also the French, the Italians, and uh, to some extent, the Swiss. Uh, in short, I'm talking about those who can travel to Monaco by car. Okay? Domestic or inter-European flights will resume gradually as well, but they will probably suffer from a certain wariness on the part of, the, of, of, of people. As for uh, in intercontinental flights, they will entirely depend on the ability or the willingness of international airlines to resume their operation. It's a hard one at the moment, huh? Yeah, no one has the answer yet. We're speaking with Benoit Bedoufle, Regional Director, Promotion Bureau of the Principality of Monaco. How do you think luxury travel, the whole experience, will evolve once the world gets back to traveling? I would be as dairy as to say that this is probably the silver lining of this catastrophic experience. I think that there has been a reformation in the value of kindness. Kindness now is... Uh, shown uh, everywhere by everyone. There is an acute awareness of the need for sustainability and environmental protection as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen that too, uh, Clarissa, a lot of generosity, not only from the, the more privileged, but also from any other. I mean, everyone around is sharing uh, some of their blessings, their own personal blessings, whether big or not. And I believe that the luxury travel experience will change 
for the better, influenced by these new sets of values. And, you know, I'm, I'm an optimistic, Clarissa. Okay. Uh, so and, are you saying that you're anticipating a possibility that your very glamorous, very high roller travellers will also be travelling with a more sustainable mindset in mind? Yes, I believe so. One of the things I thought about as well is the the fact that the current times have clearly put in the limelight the unexpected frontliners who somehow, some way are keeping society going now. So people have come to appreciate that point. And, and I believe that this is here to stay and that will translate into the luxury tra- uh, travel as well. So I think more than ever, luxury travel will be also defined by more appreciation as opposed to a, a transactional vision, if you will. I pay that much, so you have to give me that much. Uh, more driven by the quest for human experience rather than just for consumption of luxury goods. I think it's a salutary realignment for the world and for all human beings. And of course, a prestigious destination, a landmark hotel, a scrumptious cuisine of the of a distinguished Michelin restaurant will always be coveted by those in the know. So this is not going to change. All right. One of the things with Monaco that a lot of travelers go to Monaco for is the Monaco Grand Prix. It was cancelled this year, first time since 1954. Will it be back next year? That's a killing question, I would say, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a specialist uh, of Formula One, but one thing I can say is that Monaco shall do its utmost to run it next year, of mm-hmm. course. It is, I mean, think that it's the biggest event in Monaco in terms of revenue, but also in terms of international visibility. And, you know, it's televised all around the world. I've watched it and from my TV. <laughs> did you? Thank you very much. So then uh, I was watching at the same time. You know, and it's considered by all the pilots and the fans alike as the unmatched reference for Formula One Grand Prix. You know, it has to, it has to happen if it can. But I cannot really say how different it may be next year. I mean, we would have to ask this question to our friends from the Automobile Club of Monaco who uh, organize it along with the International Automobile Federation. Right. I, I, I can't say more. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll let, you, I'll let you off on that question. Now, let's talk about something that everyone's got their mind on and perhaps started from the fact that we're all in different versions of lockdowns, but we're looking out at the skies and the skies are clearer, the air is cleaner what about Monaco's views and priorities on sustainability? This is certainly definitely asking the question of what is Monaco going to do in the future towards greater sustainability? Yes, I would like to give you a little background, first of all, because it's, I think it's important to remember that Monaco has been ahead of its time and certainly ahead of neighbours such as France and Monaco in terms of sustainability. I think this is something that uh, Monaco really started very actively in probably the 1990s, about about 20 years ago, you know. And when Prince Albert II, the second of Monaco, so current uh, Prince Albert, because there was also Prince Albert I in the earlier 20th century. But when our Prince Albert of today launched his global foundation in 2006, the pace increased even more as uh, he he became a global opinion leader, you know, He's got a certain degree of celebrity. He's the Prince of Monaco. He's the son of Grace Kelly. So everybody knows him somehow, some way. So he became a global opinion leader on these issues. And it was a great inspiration and leader in his own uh, community, um, which is Monaco. So what uh, has been very endearing is that because of Prince Albert, because of the fact that he walks the talk, 
people in Monaco wanted to do the same. So everyone started to be the change that they wanted to see in the world, uh, to paraphrase, uh, I think it's Gandhi who said that. Mm -hmm. So there has been uh, a lot of noted uh, initiatives, and I'm happy to share a few if we have time. Oh, yes, please do. We have time. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> okay. okay. That comes to mind, uh, because she's really lovely, and I, I really uh, missed no opportunity to talk about her is that, that the example of this young uh, lady, who, uh, she's actually a Swiss resident of Monaco. She's a former tennis champion, uh, national level, and she, she was also a model. And her name is Jessica Zbaralia. And about 10 years ago, she founded Terre de Monaco, which in English would be the soil of Monaco. And she started developing urban gardens based on the principles of permaculture. Um, so, you know, entirely organic crops. She would do that in public parks, in pri on private lawns, or on rooftops. And after a couple of years, Prince Albert took note and he endorsed her work. And very quickly, she became a sensation even beyond Monaco. Since, uh, since then, she has actually developed her model in Nice and even in Lausanne in Switzerland. So that's a good example of how the community invents new, new methods and, uh, and develops them in the tiny principality of Monaco. The Oceanographic Museum also uh, has been launching every single, uh, every single year. There's a, a couple of um, uh, curated exhibitions, and they make sure that all the exhibitions are children-oriented and do a great job at engaging kids from a very young age. And I think this is key to change the future. We have to educate our kids so that when they become adults, it's a no-brainer for them that the protection of the environment is, uh, is obligatory, for example. I like those stories. Singapore is only just discovering urban gardening and urban farming. And I think we're going to see more and more of it as the, as the years go by. Now, before I let you go and we run out of time, there are similarities between Singapore and Monaco. We're both city-states. Tourism is a contributor to both our countries. What do you think we can learn from each other through this COVID-19 pandemic and beyond? Oh, yes, there are plenty of opportunities. I'm thinking of one that I personally was involved in when the Singaporean delegation led by Minister Iswaran, who I believe is still, is still at the government, Minister yes. Ong Beng Seng, visited us in Monaco in, back in 2007 and 8 to consult us on the organization of the Formula One Grand Prix. You know, which then started in Singapore in 2010, if, I, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th this is an example of, of how two small countries can collaborate with each other. But beyond examples such as this one, I think the most interesting similarity is how both countries have had to strive in a challenging environment, you know, marked by no natural resources or uh, powerful neighbors to keep at bay. You know, I think it's Plato, the Greek philosopher, who was the first to point out that necessity is the mother of invention. Mm. And so Singapore, you know, 55 years ago, Monaco, 160 years ago, when it lost 95% of its territory to France, they both have, they have had to make do. The least we can say is that they did so brilliantly. I mean, today, Singapore and Monaco are models to a lot. So their success has been based on stable government, on pragmatism rather than politics, and also on an ability to draw best practices from others and to apply and to improve them locally and to the extent that later, I think Singapore and Monaco became in turn a reference and a source of inspiration for bigger and more powerful countries, don't you think? I do agree with that. Moving forward, I'm actually going to be very interested to see what we can learn from you because clearly sustainability and moving towards that eco-friendly 
attitude towards our environment nationally in your country is still very new in ours. So I'm going to I'm going to look at it with a great deal of interest. How we as Singaporeans can grow that passion for our environment. Yeah, certainly two such countries, you know, sharing so many similarities can inspire each other and, and even develop tight relationships for a mutual benefit. And I think that's a, a great possibility. And I'm sure that on the side of the government, there are already discussions on different fronts. Huh? Well, we certainly look forward to a greater partnership. I've enjoyed this conversation very much. I've been speaking with Benoit Bedoufle, Regional Director, Promotion Bureau of the Principality of Monaco and the Soul of Business. Benoit, thank you very much for giving us the time and sharing thank your you, insights. It was our pleasure. You. This is Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.